Hello and welcome to Definitive Breaks. I'm Tina and you're tuned into Radio Karen. On today's show, I've got a very special guest. I'll be chatting and catching up with Gippsland-based enthusiast and collector, John Scott. Welcome to the Radio Karen, John. Oh, no worries. Yeah, good, good to be on, yeah. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good, thanks. For an old 80-year-old, I'm 80 years and four months old, of course. Are you just oh, yeah. amazing? Oh. I was born on Anzac Day, 25th of April, Anzac 1942. Day. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. So I get so a holiday for my birthday. You do get a holiday for your birthday. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I'm so excited to be speaking with you. Um. So firstly, for people who don't know you, John, your 1960s home in Mafra in eastern Victoria is bursting with pre-1980 electrical appliances and your home property is more than a home. It's a 20th century living museum. Basically, it's like a tribute to a golden era of Australian manufacturing. Does that sum it up, John? (laughs) Oh, that's a bit too good, I think. Do you think? <laughs> I'm just an amateur collector, really. No. I, obviously, I collect electric jugs. I collect old radios. I've got radiograms. I've got televisions. I've got Matchbox Yesteryear Series, Victor Mowers, Land Rovers, and a split windscreen Volkswagen combi van that we used to have in our business in mint condition. Really? Oh, my goodness. I find your family history fascinating. Your... Um, oh. Your, your father, Keith Scott, moved to Mafra to work on the rails in 1930. Is that he how did. it all became? He began? did. He in the, yeah, in the, in the uh, mid-30s, I think it was. He came to Mafra with mum on the railways. Obviously, I wasn't thought of then. And, um, yeah, he took up a job. He was the, in the office. He was uh, second in command in Mafra. Mm-hmm. And my mum used to open and shut the railway gates, which are no longer here now. But they used to have railway gates to open up when the traffic would come. Wow. That they'd close the gates across the road and let the train go through and then open them up again. But they're obviously not here now. That line doesn't come through that for anymore. Oh, that would have been a hard job to do. Yeah, she yeah. She would have been on the clock. It, yeah, yeah it was, I think twice or three times a day she did it. She oh, got okay. paid for it. Okay. Got paid to do it, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. But I don't know anything about it. I wasn't born then, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. And um, your father, he started making radios himself, basically? He did. He, as I said, he came to Mafra and he worked on the railways and he was always, well, very clever person. It mm-hmm. didn't come to me, but um, he used to make radios for a hobby. Okay. And, and then he started selling them. He, he, he'd take one out to one of the local farmers and sell it to him because radios back then in the 30s were fairly rare. Mm-hmm. And he was making them with only two or, two or three valves in them. Wow. Valves were before transistors and that, you know. And, um, and then he'd make a better one and he'd take that out to the bloke he sold the other one to, mm-hmm. trade it in, and then sell that to someone else. Yeah. Oh, wow. So And it, it snowballed and uh, in the end he, he, he sort of, he couldn't keep up with it and 
cut a long story short, he, he left the railways and started a business. Wow. So, re- And the business was started in our house, actually. Wow. So rebuilding yeah. and, and trading in radios became like a, a lucrative side hustle for your father. Yeah, it did. And then, as I said, in the end, it snowballed into everyone wanted one, so he had to more or less chuck in the railways. Wow. Which, and he left the railways and um, went into business. And I think the first day he opened in business... He made two shillings, oh. which is 20 cents. <laughs> <laughs> so this allowed your father to start his own business, and that was what, in 19, was it 1937? Uh, I think it was 37, around about then anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah so basically yeah. he introduced radio technology to central Gippsland, you know, the, fam- yep, the farming he did. community. He, was, he wasn't the only one. There was others as well, you know. Uh-huh. Because, see, we live near, the nearest city is Sale. yes. Which is a dump. <laughs> is it? <laughs> but it, it's 16 kilometres south of Mapra. Okay. Yeah, and, and so that's our nearest city, yeah. Oh, wow. And there's a big RAF base, base in Sale. Okay. But we live in Mapra, which is towards the mountains from Sale. Mm-hmm. Because the Great Dividing Range goes across the top of us, yeah, on, up in the north. Oh, sounds like a beautiful place. It is. It's a beautiful country down here. Yeah, and oh. a pretty little town. Yeah. <laughs> so it's then, about, yes. Yeah, go on. Oh no, no, you keep talking. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's um. I think I'm not sure. It's about five or six thousand live in Mapra. Mm-hmm. It's grown over the years, of course. Yeah. And we've got a really nice, big, wide main street. Yes. Yeah. There's three lanes of traffic. There's a main road through the middle, and then it's got two side lanes, sort of thing. Yeah. Oh. Wow. And it's about, or it must be nearly a mile along the main street, nearly, goes from the river to the roundabout where the rower line used to be, yeah? Oh, magnificent. Beautiful town. Yeah. So... Of course, I'm prejudiced. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds lovely. So then, so your father used to sell um, the radios to farmers and I had read somewhere that um, um, your father basically would sell to the farmers because they wanted they wanted to use them in their cow yard. So can That's you tell right, me what yeah. a cow yard radio is? It's it's more or less an older radio. Uh-huh. And they put it in the cow yard and have it going and it makes the cows calm down. Wow. I know that sounds silly but it works. Does it? With the music going on cuz there's a fair bit of noise in a cow yard. Uh-huh. And the cattle are actually subdued sort of thing, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean by it. And if the radio's not going, they're all disrupted and they're jumpy and all that. Oh, wow. But with the radio in the background, it calms them down. I wonder I what type of music. silly, but it's a fact. What type yeah. of, would they play classical music to them? Do no, you know? just general music. Just yeah, yeah, the local stations. We've got a, um, a um, what do you call it? Um, we've got a 3GI, which is the government one, you know, the uh-huh. um, ABC. Yes. But we've also got one called 3DR, which is a, you know, the, it, it's, it's not um, government, you know. Okay. So, oh, wow. Did you know that I looked up here, like, they have playlists now online called the Cow Chiller. So there is actually music for cows. Like, you can look up and find music for cows these days. I thought that was funny. Yeah, no, it's a fact. <laughs> no, no, and as I said, that Dad used to, well, most of his radios he sold to farmers. Yes. 
and then um, and uh, and then he got different agencies to to, to sell commercial raid made ones. Okay. And he sold AWA um, or Chrysler. That was in radios, you know, yes. But um, or different brands. His master's voice. Mm-hmm. That was with the dog looking into the speaker. You know, oh the, yes, yeah. yes, I know that. Yeah. So and uh, oh, other brands as well, but they're, they're just some of them. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. So how soon did he start the family business? I'm sorry. How soon did he start the family business? So that would how have did, been. How did he? Or oh, about so when? when did he start the the family oh. business? Oh, that would have been in the about you know thirty seven, thirty eight, something wow. like that. After he left the railways, yeah. But as I said, for the first day's trading, he made two shillings. <laughs> yeah, and it was called it grew K- from there. Yeah. KV Scott and Sons. Yeah, that's what it became later on. Yeah, yeah, a lot later on, or another, or be another six or eight, ten years. Mm-hmm. It became KV Scott and Sons. Well, because so I had an older brother who's still alive. I'm sorry, I've got an older brother. Yes, and I've got a younger brother. I'm in the middle. You know? mm. uh, the three of us boys are still alive, but we've lost two sisters. Oh, okay. So it sort of became a family affair running the it business. Did. We all we all went into it. Yep, for sure. Oh. Yeah, I left school after form four, which is year ten, and went into it, into the business. Uh huh. And um. I was more interested in selling them, selling because te- te- television started then. Okay. So I left school in '58, on the end of 1958, and TV had already been in since 1956. Mm-hmm. So we were actually selling black and white televisions when I left school. Wow. And I was interested more in selling them than fixing them. My older brother was a very good technician. I always reckon I wasn't brainy enough, but I would rather sell them anyway. And so Dad encouraged me and he said, if you can sell 100 TVs, this is in the mid or the early 70s, I think, yes. something like that. I can't remember the exact dates. But he said, if you can sell 100 TVs before Christmas, which was the, the middle of the year, by next Christmas, if you sell 100 TVs, I'll give you five pounds for each one you sell. Wow. Now, five pounds is $10 now, sort of thing, yeah? Okay. But that was a lot of money. I was getting five pounds a week. And how many did you sell? <laughs> 123. Did you really? And oh. and I bought a Ford Anglia car, little red and white oh, one with a well sloping back you. windscreen. Yeah, with the money. Wow, wow. So, at that time, appliances were considered really expensive luxuries. It was, and, yeah, and, yeah. And they were yeah. built to last back then. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and and you, what other appliances did you sell? Did you um, sell record players as well? And oh yeah, all the appliances, all the electrical jugs, toasters, irons, radiograms, radios, um, washing machines, refrigerators, yeah. dishwashers, the whole oh. lot. And how? Victim hours. <laughs> Gosh, so what was the cost of a TV back then? Like that would have been pretty oh, expensive. One hundred ninety nine guineas, and a guineas one uh, one pound one shilling, I think one pound oh, one shilling, wow. one pound two shillings. I forget now, but yeah, so it's about one hundred ninety nine. We'll say pounds anyway, which is nearly four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So they weren't cheap actually; they were fairly expensive, and not everyone could afford one. There was only you know the well-to-do people bought them to start with. Yes. 
and then gradually um, they, the prices come down and wages went up and all that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, the, well, everyone can afford one now, you know. But back then they couldn't. Wow. It was only the wealthier people around the district were buying them and most of them were farmers. Okay. And in the district, dairy farmers. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. I saw that, um, was it people would come to your shop and put chairs out the front and watch TV because they couldn't afford to have a TV so they'd watch it through your store window? That's right, yeah. Mm. And I was still at school then because, as I said, I never left school till 58 and it started in 56. And our shop's still standing. We don't own it. It's a vet centre now. Wow. <laughs> but but it's in the main street and the speaker is still out under the veranda for <laughs> the TV. Really? Dad had an extension speaker out there so that people could hear the TV from oh. inside the shop. Oh, that would have been nice. Yeah, and then um, the, even the teachers at school, I went to school in Sale, which is 16 kilometres away, mm-hmm. and the teachers would say, are you going to have the TV going tonight? Oh. And they'd come over from Sale, yeah? Oh, that's and so nice. Sale, which is, as I said, a near city, yes. couldn't get TV. And we were getting it from Melbourne. Okay. With great big tall aerials. Did you did you get so good reception we'll pick- in Mafra? Back then? Fairly good. Yeah, yeah, we got fairly good. Not, it was poor compared to nowadays, but it was pretty good reception back then. And um, and black and white, of course. Uh-huh. It was only black and white, but it was pretty good Pretty good reception in Maffa. We were a bit lucky, really. Yeah. Oh, wow. And back then you needed a, a TV licence, even a radio licence? You did, yeah, that's right, yeah. And I used to have a TV when I was first married. And um, you still had to have licenses then. But what I would happen if you a, didn't have a license? Oh, they'd find you. Really? And they'd knock on the door and want to see your license. You see. But what I did, I used to. I, well, I never ever got knocked on the door. But if if I did, I was going to tell him I was on hire from from TV Scott. Oh God. Or KV Scott and Sons it was then, and then later on we shortened it to TV. Okay. For television Scott, yeah. Wow, so your so father... Our trade, trade name was TV Scott. Yes. Mafra. Okay, so... And at- as I said, I've, I've got one of the Volkswagen vans in the shed in mm-hmm. mid condition, and it's got TV Scott right down the side of it, AWA Deep Image Television, and all that all over it, yeah? Oh. All sign written. How wonderful. How wonderful. So your father as well... He went to the Admiral Factory and he modified he did, you're right. the US he television. Did. That's where he learned about television. He, he moved from Mafra and went down to a well, place called Noble Park, which is just past Dandenong, mm-hmm. between Dandenong and Melbourne. And he, um, he had a block of land there and he built a little bungalow thing on it. And he was going to working at Admiral Factory mm-hmm. and doing night school to learn about television. Okay. When I was a young kid at school. And did you tell me that he he modified the US television to suit the Australian TV? Yeah, the old admirals Mm -hmm. coming out from America, they were called an admiral TV. Mm -hmm. I've got one in the shed, Mm -hmm. one of the original ones. And um, they come out from America, but they were only 110 volts. Okay. And ours is 240 volts. So they had to change the transformer in them. Oh, wow. And that was part of their job, changing the transformers in brand new TVs so that they'd work on our power, yeah? Oh, wow. Okay. So. And as I said, I've, I've got one of the original TVs in the shed, yeah? 
I couldn't keep them. I've got about um, oh, 15 TVs, I suppose. That's a lot I of could TVs. Have had a lot more, but how many do you keep? <laughs> <laughs> so you retired from the family business um, after 63 years, is that right? That's correct, that, yeah. That's yep, right. Yep. Yeah, the family business went for 63 years, but I'd been in it for 40 when I retired. You know? Oh, wow. And that was 20 years ago now. Okay. Yeah, I retired at the turn of the century. Yeah? I then closed the business down because my brother had had a stroke. Okay. My older brother and I owned, ended up owning it all. Yes. And uh, we employed only employed two people at that stage, you know, and later in life. And, um, yeah, he had a stroke and he pulled out and I was on my own down there working five and a half, six mm-hmm. days a week or more. And uh, in the end, I got a bit sick of it after a couple of years and told my brother I'm Clearing out, yes, selling them out. Yes, you know? yeah. And uh, we sold it all up. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I went around Australia for, well, 20 years. The, I took off the first year and I was away for 14 months. Oh, were you just? Touring Australia, yeah. And, um, and and ever since then, every year I go away for the winter. Oh, that's just I the best thing. I went away this year for the winter, but I missed the two previous to it, of course, because of COVID. Wow. So then you sort of began preserving and collecting radios and other appliances, you know, after your father's business folded, you went travelling. Can you tell Can you tell me how many radios you have? Yeah, about 500. Oh, my goodness. The business didn't fold. I, I closed it. Oh, that's it. right. You closed it. Yeah, I closed up. Yeah, it didn't fold. But I wasn't making a lot of money. I was only more or less paying the bills and rates and things like that and making a wage. And I was paying two blokes part-time to help me, yeah? Yeah. And in the end, thought, that's it. No point in doing this. Sold everything up, and my brother and I split it up between us. Yes. Yeah, I helped out me both boys, you know. I've got two sons in their 50s, so I helped them out in early days, you know, with houses and that, yeah. Yeah. So can you give me a brief description of the, the progression of radios in your time? Like... So there was like the radio that your dad had. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got one of those in the shed that he made. And, and then what would and would have been it, the next something one? Something special. It's in a wooden box. Oh, is it really? It's in a wooden box, and it's got a separate speaker, and it's pretty crude. It's got three valves in it. And they're big, old-fashioned looking mm-hmm. valves. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it progressed over the years and went into transistor. Yes. And they were something absolutely phenomenal. They were science fiction, as yes. far as we were concerned, yeah. And my father got one in America okay. and brought it out to Australia, and we'd never seen anything like it. And what they was that called? They were little compact things, and they only had a little battery in them. They, oh, they were, and they picked up all the stations, yeah. Wow. It was like science fiction. That's fair income. Well, radio, yeah. really. People were amazed. Connected yeah. people in ways never possible. So... Radio was like the first electronic sort of gadget to play a prominent part in people's lives, really. Yeah, it was, yep, for sure. So, yeah, they all got round the radio to listen to the news and the programs on it. Um, some of the old programs were oh, um, Inspector West, Smokey Dawson. Wow. That was some of the serial sort of radios mm-hmm. on the road when I was a kid, yeah, and we used to race home to listen to them, yeah. Okay. R- from school, I mean, yeah. Yes. Oh, I can always remember having a little radio with a microphone and you'd just record yourself singing, singing on the tape, the tape deck. That, 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They're all modern things, of course. Yeah. 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 Oh, modern wow. things. Um, so tell me, like, do your family members members understand the value of your collection? Like, you've got a big collection of radios and... Yeah, well, the electric jugs, I don't know. I've got, as I said, oh, do I've you got think your jugs are more... Oh, yeah, ha- there's only, there's only, I class a, a thousand of them as good ones, and I've got a thousand other ones. They're all China. So the electric jug's got a, a bare element in it, yeah? Not a kettle. They're different. A kettle is a different thing. So you've amassed between fifteen hundred to two thousand electric jugs. Like, why jugs? Why did you pick jugs? Well, I I had a few old ones that people would bring in to get fixed, and, and they were sort of fairly dangerous sort of things, you know, because okay. the water if you can't put your fingers in the water while it's going, or you electrocute. Oh wow! That's the difference between a jug and a kettle. Okay. The kettle element is enclosed in, 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 in a um, copper tube sort of thing, but an electric jug has got the bare element in the water. Gosh. And, it, and it, it's got to be fully insulated because otherwise you can't have it in a metal container, in other words. Yeah? Okay. And that's the electric jugs, and they have ceramic or Bakelite lids. Oh, nice, The yes. modern yes. ones had plastic lids. I've got stacks of them too, but I don't count them. So I don't, you know? Well, I count them in the collection, but they're not on display because they're modern as far as I'm concerned. And did, were they imported from overseas? Did they come from the UK? No. Or were they made oh, the here? invention. Australian invention. Really? As far as we know, the only other place they were made was in New Zealand. Okay. And I've got about 30 of those. When you look at the ones from New Zealand, they're exactly the same as the Australian ones, but with just slightly different type of clay in them, yeah? Wow. But you can still recognise them as Australian jugs because okay. they were made under licence over there. Oh, gosh. And that could be disputable, but as far as we know, anyone knows, they're an Aussie invention. Yeah. I've supposedly got one that... Is there a brand on, on them? Oh, yeah, they're all branded, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All I've, branded, yeah. I've seen some of your pictures of the jugs, and they're yeah, they're beautiful. They have like some great designs on them. Yeah, well, yeah, they are. They're all all individual, different, and they're mainly all hand done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're not and done in a machine. I mean, the, the, they're the, handmade. The painting on the the painting and oh, the yes. decorations on them are all hand done, basically. So you've got yeah. a a purpose built display room as well. Just to house have, yes. house all those jugs that you've been yeah, well, collecting uh, all that time. It's um, what is it, thirty by fifteen? I think thirty foot by fifteen foot. Yeah, oh, and then goodness. I've got I've got all my radios out in the shed, and another big stack of jugs out there too. Yeah, oh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> so you're still passionate yeah. about them? You haven't gone off them? No, no. I got one. I've just come back from holidays. Yes, and I got one. One? Why? Where did you get that one from? One jug from? that I never had, yeah. I didn't know whether I had it or not, and I took a chance and bought it anyway. And when I got home, I didn't have it, which was good, yeah. So where was the least place you didn't find any in Australia? So if you're travelling all over Australia, where wouldn't they be? There's none in, none in Western Australia. I've got, I've got one from Western Australia. Because it's Australia. so hot there, it, they don't drink tea. No, and of course it... it they're not old enough over oh, there. Oh, okay. And yeah, and the um, it, it's a, called a Wembley ware. It's called yeah. But anyway, I've only got the one. There's none from the Northern Territory that I know of. Yes. 
and uh, otherwise they're all South Australian, Victorian, New South Wales and Queensland. And there's quite a few different brands in those, you know. Wow. The main brands that I've got were Hot Point and Heckler. Okay. Yeah, they were the two main ones. And then there's another one which is very popular and a lot of different models I've got in that is called Sunshine. Mm. And that's from Melbourne too. They wow. were called Sunshine and the earlier ones had a sort of a sun on them, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Sun sort of emblem on them. Gosh. But, uh, yeah, they were some of the earlier ones. So um, going back to the radios, um, I have a cream-coloured um, Astor Mickey wireless radio um, and it still works. I can't believe it still works and it has an AM channel on it and it's made out of Bakelite. So, That's right. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. yeah, I've got one of those in blue, green, Cream. You've got one in cream, I and saw white. it. <laughs> I've got one in cream and I've got a white one as well. Yeah. But I've also got two wooden case ones of Aster Mickey's. Have you? They're oh, rare as anything. I love radios. They're both the same, yeah. but they're rare as anything. Yeah, yeah. Have, have you seen the types of radios they have around now, the digital radios? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're probably cheaply made compared to what they were they back are, in the day. Yeah, made overseas and they're just junk. Yeah. 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 Um, mm. I rem- love those wrist radios. What year was that made? The, what was the, that? The wrist radio. You've got. Oh, good. Oh, gee. Oh, they, they come out after I was a kid. So, oh, yeah, and be- you wrap them around your, your wrist. Wrist, yeah, yeah. I haven't got any and because I'd pass those as modern. Oh, yes, I have got yeah, some. Yeah, you've got I some. Have. I saw some. Yeah, of course I've got some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, they come out in the, oh, I don't know, 70s, I suppose, 70s or 80s. I don't know. Yeah. I get mixed up with the times and that. But, yeah. But I've oh. got about five or six of them, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so um, I've heard you've had people or community groups that tour your meticulously organised and catalogued home here and there or in the past. Did you enjoy that, people coming to your home? and you? I had a bloke come here yesterday and booked in for 20 people to come on a bus from down in Latrobe Valley. Oh, wow. He hasn't, hasn't set the date yet because he said he'll have to organise it with the next meeting, yeah? but he just come to see if they could come. He oh. called in to see me to see if, if they could call in yeah, and have a look. Oh, that's really nice. So you t- or take them on a tour? Yep. Yeah, I do. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of getting a bit long in the tooth for it now, but still, <laughs> I enjoy it, though. I like showing them off, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've got lots of things to show people. I've got, as I said, all the radios. I've got a lot of appliances, early appliances. Yes. And I've got um, oh, radiograms, as I said, TVs. I've got Victor Mowers. I've got um, 35 to 40 different Victor Mowers. You must live on a bit of land to keep all that stuff. Gosh. Gosh. So when people visit you, like, the, you know, if you've had the younger generation come to your house, um, they wouldn't wouldn't know or see a lot of what you have. Are people amazed at your collection? Really, the younger generation are really sort of not interested. Oh, okay. It's the older generation and, uh, and or, well, not when I say older, you know, you know 40s or 50s mm-hmm. or something like that, yeah, and over. Because the younger ones, you know, they're sort of, I've got a granddaughter who's 18 mm-hmm. and she likes it all, but she's not interested, sort of, you know what I mean, yeah. 
Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, they just, um, they just, oh, I think they've had it too easy. That's the trouble. <laughs> they had everything just handed to them on a plate. Yeah. I'm sure. And all the modern, the, yeah. the worst thing for the modern kids is the mobile phone. Okay. Yes, and my you don't even own a mobile phone, do you? No, I do not. No, and my granddaughter, when I'm talking to her, she's talking on or looking at something on the mobile phone. Okay. And they don't put it down. <laughs> they okay. just hold it in the hand, and they're all, and they're doing and every few minutes they're sort of doing something on it. They're dialing something or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh wow. But that's the modern generation. You go down the street. And all the young people in there are talking on them. <laughs> and they bump into you and they, you know, they just can't do without it. Yes, yes, yes. But as I said, I haven't even got one and I don't want one. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about being a collector. Um, some seeing collecting as a disease. John, you are somewhat very organised collector. So you... I- yeah, I suppose I am, really. I, I believe in if I collect it, I can show it. I know, but you're so very organised. things and stick them under the house sort of thing, huh? Yeah. Now, I've built sheds. I've got sheds out the back everywhere sort of thing, huh? Yeah. And more or less, nearly all my displays are on display, and all my collections are on display. Yeah. Yeah. So even you, the old, even the electric jugs with the plastic lids, which mm-hmm. I don't really collect, I've even got shelves of them, yeah? Yeah. It's a great... It's great to have a hobby. Yeah. It's a health, it it's healthy to have an a, interest. Yep. So, I used to be a rock hound to start with. Oh, what's that? Yeah, collected old rocks. Did you? you? Know, different sort of rocks and gems and that sort of stuff. Okay. Then I went into bottles, collected bottles. I had a big collection of bottles. Okay. Then my marriage broke up and I had to sell them. <laughs> okay. And then I went into jugs. You went into jugs. Oh, yeah, wow. she's not getting them, that's for sure. Inter- <laughs> interesting. Well, she's not. Not after I know how much one is worth. Gosh. What would be yeah, your I most expensive my- jug? What would be your most expensive jug? Uh, I reckon I, I've got a really rare one. I reckon I could get a oh, minimum of 3000 for Yeah, it. yeah, okay. Gosh. Yeah, or more. Gosh. But none, of, none of them are for sale. Not yeah. even the ones I've got two or three or ten of, you know. Can I ask, if people that have come to visit you, have they ever tried to buy anything off you or offer they money? They have, and if 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 they're genuine and that, I'll, I'll give them to them. Oh. Yeah, give them. Well, I don't give them my best jugs, of course. No, of one course. out in the shed and that that I've got each of. If they want one and they say, oh, I like that one, then I'll tell you, you can have that one. Yeah. Yeah? Well, and I've given a lot away, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. So, do yeah. people ever donate items to you? Oh, left, right and centre. That's <laughs> why I've got so many. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I was in the shop, they'd bring them in. There was one particular bloke lived just out of town a bit, and he used to go around all the tips. Okay. Rubbish tips, and he'd get jugs out of the rubbish tips, a big box full of them, and bring them in. And I'd say, how much do you want? And he said, would you give me $5? Oh. And I'd give him $5 for the box full of jugs. Oh, Go through them, and I might have only, you know, reckon there was a couple of good ones in it or not, you know. And he'd be back in a fortnight or three weeks' time with another box. Mm, how funny. And, wow. and then a lot of people saw some of the ones I had on in my shop on display. Yes. And said, oh, look, I've got Grandma's old jug in the pantry at home. I'll bring it in. And I got stacks of jugs that way, mm-hmm. too. People spotted them and, and gave them to me. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's why I don't sell any. Because a lot of them were given to me. Yeah, okay. And uh, I won't sell. Yeah, no. So when you were travelling around Australia, what was 
you know, the best market, op shop or antique shop, you know, you came across, like, or a town, like, oh, that you can remember okay. that you might have come across. Like, you, tell me a place that, you know, oh, was one of God, your favourites. Can't, can't think of the name of the Any place. Any hidden there, gems that you went to? Yeah, I think it's in South Australia, I think, from memory, but it's a real good place because there's about seven different shops there. You've probably been to all of them. Oh, yeah, I've been all over, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You name it, I've been there, yeah. But there's one place I can't think of the name of the town in. It's only a small town, but it's, I think it's in South Australia. Okay. Can't think of the name of it, but it, um, as I said, it's up in the hills a bit. But it's got, I think, six or seven shops in there. Okay. That And, you know, second-hand shops, well, land two shops and that, and, and they've got a lot of jugs in them and that, yeah? Okay. So... But they're rare as anything now. As I said, I've been up... Up Cape York mm-hmm. to, for two months and come back with one jug. Wow. <laughs> so do you yeah. drive up there or do you... Oh, yeah, I've got a camper van. I've got a Toyota Land Cruiser. I had it made in Sydney. Oh. It's a camper. Yeah. It's a full, big full drive and the roof lifts up and all that and it's got double bed in the top of it. It's got a fridge, sink, stove, twin battery, twin fuel tank, twin water tanks. Yeah, it's got a stove and all in it, yeah. Oh, you're Fridge. so living life. And it's, yeah, and it's in the shed, yeah, and it's, it's still in mint condition. Okay. Still looks like new, yeah, yeah. Mm. I looked after it, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I have to ask you, whilst you were collecting, I need, is it the thrill of the hunt or do the things continue to make you happy long after you've purchased them? It's the thrill of the of getting one, another yes, one, yes, for sure. But I still like them. Yeah, you know, they're all on display, and I can go out there. And if I get it like I did, I I got another jug this trip, and I had to move the ones I already had to fit it in. Okay. And that was something to do. Yeah, and that was good. I moved them around a bit to fit this new jug in with the display. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! Okay. So I've got old toasters too. I've got a big collection of toasters, electric toasters. <laughs> Have you just? Yeah, big collection of them. I think I forget how many I've got. Oh, oh I don't know. Um, oh, you'll no, have to I see. I don't know how many I've got, but I've got, must have, um, oh, I don't know, three or four hundred or more. I don't know. Yeah, I'm getting them. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Um, so, gosh, your home sounds amazing. It's like a museum of appliances. It is. It is, sort of. But on the other hand, it's just, just a little collection yeah 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 no big time or anything like that yeah and your home still contains like original furnishings yeah it's i had the house built it's it's three levels it's like two story in one section but it's what they call a split level oh okay three separate levels yeah but all in underneath the um bedrooms is well i call it me den that's where all my jugs and that are okay the bedrooms are on top of it, sort of thing. Yeah. And you've got like, oh, what did you say? You've got like a self-engineered intercon system as well that you made? Yeah, I put that. I've got a, a stereo system through the house. When the house was just a frame, I crawled all through it and put 400 yards, which is like a metre now, yeah, mm-hmm. of two-core electrical wire just for speakers. Gosh. And I can put sound from under my stairs. I can plug in sound into any room, including the bathroom. And the, the big main speakers I've got are great big. They stand six foot tall, two foot wide, 
18 inches deep, and they're made out of two-inch thick Oregon timber. Wow. And they, they shake the whole house when they're going. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Um, yeah. So do you listen to music? I need to ask you, or what type of music do you like, you know? All country having and so- western. Oh, wow. Only country music, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Johnny Cash, Roy oh. Orbison. Oh, wow. Um, Hank Williams. Um, yeah, all Dolly. those sort of blokes, yeah. Oh, yep. lovely. Oh. Yeah, uh, I've got a big collection of that. Yep. I've got a lot of records. I've got thousands of records. Oh. But I've also got a lot on tape. Mm-hmm. And I've gone into, well, CDs as the latest thing, of course. Oh, know. tapes are valuable these days too. You know, yeah, tapes I've got are great. Stacks of them. Yeah. Hundreds of them, yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, you should write a book or do an audio book. Yeah, I've, I've written a bit of my history down <laughs> yeah, from when I was a kid. But to me, it means sort of nothing in a way. And it, but my kids talked me into doing it. Oh. They said, oh, Dad, we won't remember all these things. And I said, oh, well, I'll make a note of most of it. Yeah, yeah. From when I grew up, I mean. Yes. Oh, wow. So, John, it's been so nice talking to you. Thank you so much for making the time and sharing your wonderful family story with us. Um, one day I'll make it down to Mafra and I'll come and see your collection. That'd be great. Oh. You'd be welcome anytime. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for speaking with me on Radio Karam. No worries. Yeah, I hope I haven't bored you to tears. No, That's the thing. no not at all. <laughs> no. Not at all. Oh, all the best. Thank you. Thank you for Thank being you. here. Bye. 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 Hi everybody, this is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. <laughs>